Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 236, and today we're talking coding and programming. I have two great guests on the show today that started their own podcast all about Python, not the reptile, the coding language. Two educators from Florida who didn't know much about the topic. They jumped right in. They learned how to teach it. They learned how to bring this world of coding and programming into their students. And they have not only a successful program in their school, but their podcast is doing pretty well too. And I'm excited to have them on the show today. If you're looking to bring something interesting, different, and pretty exciting into your school, this is a great interview for you guys to check out. Hope you're having a great time. This week, I am looking forward to doing my presentation at the at this amazing online conference. Um, all the links and stuff are going to be over on our show notes at episode number 236. Uh, my session this week is going to be all about the three different systems that an instructional coach needs. We're going to talk about websites. We're going to talk about newsletters. We're going to talk about organizational systems. Lots of great stuff. Head on over to that um, website, teacherspd.net forward slash conference. That's teacherspd.net forward slash conference. My good friend, Daniel Jackson, who we've had on the show recently, um, is putting on a fantastic conference this week. I hope you guys have a chance to check that out. Also want to remind you that our Instructional Coaches Network is going strong. We are more than 1,400 instructional coaches, and we want you guys to be a part of that too. Head on over to askthetechcoach.com and hit the, hit the button on the bottom of the page. Join our Instructional Coaches Networks. We got a great one over on LinkedIn, a big one over on Facebook. And if you're a digital learning leader looking to connect with other digital learning leaders, head on over to k12leaders.com, and you can join our Instructional Coaches Network there as well, hoping to have it make 2023 the year of the instructional coach. My guests today are educators that are not only experts in that STEM robotic coding Python field, but they are also amazing podcasters. Want to bring on first Miss Kelly Paredes. Kelly, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Oh, um, thank you for having us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've been uh, educating all over the world, haven't you? <laughs> well, you know, I don't like to say all over the world. It does say that, but from one end to the other. So I, I worked in the UK and in South America and back in Florida again, where it's nice and sunny and flip-flop weather. And you've been teaching, uh, what are you doing now? Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade computer science. What, what is it like to be teaching down in, in Florida? What's middle school like these days? Oh, you know, well, we, uh, I work at a really great school in, uh, South Florida. It's called Pinecrest school and, um, it's a fabulous school. So I am a little bit spoiled. I have great kids and well, sometimes they're great, you know, kids are kids. Um, but it's great, uh, doing Python, something that was never in my field prior and just have a lot of fun in my school. What got you involved in in computer science and computer education? What 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 made you go into those different topics? 
Oh, nothing. I, it was like back in uh, in 2003 in, in England, I started getting into tech and tech in general and just becoming a tech coach. And then when I moved over to Pinecrest, my boss told me that I needed to teach Python. And I looked at her and I said, I'm a biologist. I don't know Python. <laughs> she goes, you will now. <laughs> and I went away for the summer and studied for about two months and came back and taught Python really poorly. But it was a lot of fun. And we learned as I, I went. And Sean actually was there with me learning Python, but a little bit more um, knowledgeable in code. And it was a, a great fun um, just struggling and learning with the kids. And that's how I got into being a coder. Well, you mentioned Sean. Let's bring him on to the podcast today. Sean Tibber, how are you today, Sean? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Uh, well, thanks, Jeffrey. It's great to be here. I'm happy to to be chatting with you all and uh, talking about some of the fun that we've had as, as teachers and coaches over the years. And, and you're also an educator from Florida. You said that you've moved over to the dark side a little bit. We can talk a little bit about that later. But um, I got to ask only because I'm sitting here staring at one of my new adventures, uh, a 3D printer nut. What does that mean, Sean? Uh, I like to think of it as basically uh, squeezing uh, plastic onto a plate. And if you do it enough and lift it up a little bit each time you do it, uh, it turns into some magical stuff. So I've uh, started off with a 3D printer. I think Kelly saw me tinkering with one in the back of the classroom for the better part of a year, uh, that first year of teaching. And I've now graduated into running one in my garage and even playing around with designing some of my own 3D uh, printed parts and having some fun with that as well. So we are definitely going to have to be discussing this a little bit today, but we will definitely make a full show out of this. <laughs> um, first of you all, thank you. Go ahead. I was going to say, you have to, ask, uh, you have to find out how he, did, he printed the parts that go together and you have that moving 3D printing. I have a Christmas tree that pops up from a flat thing. So this definitely Ooh. should be on your list of conversations and a snake that moves Retic re reticulated. Is that correct? Yep. It all prints in place. And when you pull it off the bed, it, you know, kind of pops open almost like uh, a spine and you can flex it around. It's really a lot of fun. <laughs> Usually we say all the links are in the show notes, but I think today we're going to make sure that there's uh, G code files in all of the show notes here. <laughs> nice. nice. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. That's all 3d printer talk that I, right now have no clue what i'm talking about i'm sitting here printing out nameplates for my kids desks right now and they're <laughs> very basic every time i take one of these things off i pop letters off of it it's it's <laughs> it's a learning experience people um but anyway thank you guys so much for coming on the show today i'm excited to talk about this you know december we celebrated hour of code we celebrate a computer programming month i'm always afraid that teachers can you know school districts coaches even literally do an hour of code and then they say look it's january moving on but i'm just one of those that believes that you know bringing in a little bit of computer science in any form is important um how do you guys bring computer science into your class obviously kelly you know you've been teaching with python you're doing this but you said you had to get started somewhere so what should we be teaching our students these days oh well I'm, I'm a little bit biased, so I'm going to say Python just because that's where it's at in the future. Currently, if you are not familiar with uh, ChatGPT, that's run ran mm. on Python, um, data science, everything in there. How do we get it into the class? Uh, <laughs> 
however we can get it into the class. <laughs> and that's with working with teachers. Um, we have some stories on that of how we've incorporated coding um, with the classroom. But um, you just got to start. You just have to have that admin, that school, that uh, mindset that this is where the innovation happens. This is where our kids need to be. And especially kids in middle school, that's not very common, um, especially in the States, for kids to be coding full scripting language at 11 years old. But it's it takes a mindset of someone's just going to do it. And um, most of us in the teaching realm are not um, developers. Otherwise, we'd be sitting in garages and coding on the dark side. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we try, we fail, we learn just like with you learning your 3D printer and your skills for that. It just takes some time. And I would add to that the secret to all of this is that you are like the first thing you do, the first code you write is probably going to be terrible right? The first experience teaching coding is going to be terrible. And you're going to look at that and go, what was I thinking? This was horrible. Because we're so conditioned now to see, you know, whether it's on social media or in professional learning or conferences, we see the outcomes, right? We see the look at the success story and we start to think that everything is a success story. But the secret to all of this is that innovation and teaching coding is messy. It's error prone. Yeah, it's um, it's never going to go the way you think it is. And yet at, all the way along, it's somehow still the most fun I've ever had professionally doing something with technology because it like you can see it develop and happen right in front of you. So you go from that very first terrible lesson to having a lesson that comes out of nowhere that would just everything hit like it all just worked and and kids are excited and things are working and clicking for them that's where the real magic of teaching coding and teaching computer science really lies is is getting to that point where you have the amazing lesson and you have those breakthroughs and those aha moments you literally see the learning happen right be in front of you and then the very next lesson will be terrible again but <laughs> the, the whole the whole process of going through it is is fun and fascinating. And if you're one of those teachers sitting there thinking, but I could never start, I've never been a developer, or I, I'm a biologist, right? Or I've done uh, done nothing like this before, just start somewhere. And even if it's not the right start, like don't chase perfection, just try and start and try again and keep learning all the way through. Oh, Sean, you just described the last three weeks here of, you know, what is this, thing that I purchased. How do you put it together? What is a gantry? Okay. Now I've made this thing. Hey, look, it's spinning on the bed. Oh, it doesn't stick. And you, you try it again. And, and even the other day, I, you know, I, I took out Tinkercad and I made a block and I put my kid's name on top and popped the letters off as soon as they, you know, they broke. Now I'm trying it again. This is why God gave me triplets. So that way I've gotten three people to attempt to put this stuff on. So now I'm on nameplate number two, and hopefully this one's going to survive. But it, it it's intimidating, I think. Right? Do, do, did you find that when you first started? Like, you, you know, and I know you just said, well, just start teaching Python. That's intimidating for somebody. <laughs> right? It, it was super, super, super scary. But, you know, I think as educators, if we're not challenging ourselves and we're not 
feeling that scaredness, we don't make it to 25 years of teaching. I've been, I've been here for a while. And I think if I was still teaching about a cell and not challenging to find a new way to teach a cell or new, you know, new way of teaching um, genetics, I would have probably not stayed in education so long. So I think that scariness, that, that um, adrenaline pump of having to over prepare for a lesson um, is what kind of motivated me to get into coding. And I, and I think that's what makes us all get into like tech coaching. We, we love that newness. Well, how did that all happen, right? I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was teaching technology. It was the hour of code time. And I started with hourofcode.org. I then went into, you know, all the different layers and stuff. And I just, I, I just had to stay one step ahead of my students. Was it that way for you, Kelly? Not really. No, it was kind of like when I started teaching robotics and uh, Legos, I was like, I don't know how to do it. Let's go figure that. You can figure it out. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. We just put a block together and, and even with block code and scratch and all those people out there saying, Oh, well, I don't really code. I just use scratch. That's a learning curve in itself. Mm -hmm. And all that time you're working with the kids and you're helping them to generate questions. And that's pretty much how my first, I don't know, like our first semester, Sean, our first semester was, okay, well, let's try this. Let's throw this at them. Let's do a pie top. Let's throw a micro bit. Let's light up an led. Let's see what happens. And we just kept throwing stuff out there and we kept what stuck and we threw out, what did it? Luckily, we have quarter classes, so we got to change a lot. <laughs> also, we went around. I, ha I had that too. That was wonderful. No, this lesson doesn't work. We'll never talk about it again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> well, and and I think the um, the interesting thing that Kelly brings up here is is that like one of the reasons why we partnered so well and why we keep the podcast going and why we enjoy doing the podcast is that we come from such different backgrounds. So Kelly's got this phenomenal teaching history, the, the expertise, the knowledge. She's my, my sage when I need help about how do I teach this better? or How do I review the way that I presented this? I've got the technology background. I wasn't trained as a teacher. I was trained as an information systems guy, right? Like I have been coding and doing technology work for years and years and years. So when we bring this together, we were, experimenting constantly um, in this. And we were both scared at point, at times. I was scared to get up in front of the room full of seventh graders and teach to them for the first time. I've taught, I've presented to, you know, C-suite, you know, people before about, you know, here's something in technology. I was probably more terrified in front of a room of seventh graders the first time until I got my feet under me and I had a little bit more confidence. That whole process of being vulnerable of putting yourself out there of learning with the students not sometimes just a little bit ahead sometimes with them but that first semester or even the first you know year was kind of magical because we were learning with our students and our students saw that we were learning with them and it yeah. became this more of a partnership and a guided process of learning um, that i think actually made them learn better and more deeply and more passionately when they saw that we were right beside them learning instead of just sharing it with them, right? Instead of just giving it to them. Now, for those playing the home game, that's actually an ISTE standard, making sure that you can learn alongside with your students. 
Oh, well done. I've been, I, I've been doing the ISTE certification, so we, we play the home game here sometimes. Um, Where well, it, we... really, it really does work, right? There's a reason <laughs> yeah. it's standard. It works really well. <laughs> Where where do we start? Like, okay, it, let's say that I'm I'm going into a school and my principal says, "Great, you're teaching this," or "Hey, we're going to offer you the job." By the way, this is one of the lessons that we want you to be teaching. Like, you know, maybe you're not the IT specialist. Maybe you're not the hard coder. I always say, you know, you can go to have somebody fix your car or you can go to a mechanic well there's people who teach stem and then there's like stem heads that are really really into this how do you put yourself um in a position where you know you are successful in those first couple weeks because one of the sides is that teacher but i also want to ask it of you as a coach how do you support a stem education program if you if as a coach, you don't quite yet have a STEM mindset or an NGSS background, how do you get started on both sides, the coach and the teacher? Well, That's I'm going to, okay. I'm going to jump in on this one, Kelly. Please. <laughs> I want to, I want to start from the tech side and then I'm going to let Kelly start on the teaching side. So on the tech side, here's what you do. Like, and you can do this right now while you're listening to the show, you uh -oh. go to a web browser We're and driving. you type in, you type in replit.com. And it's going to bring up a website where you can start to code in your web browser. You're going to say, I want to code in Python. And when you do that, okay, what you're going to type in that, in that window that shows up with all the code, and it's, it's going to be okay. Like if you're a little intimidated right now, it's going to be okay. You type in print and then you put a parentheses and a quote, like a double quote, and you type hello world. You add another quote double quote and a parentheses to close it at the end. So at the end, like when this is all finished, it says print parentheses and then in quotes, hello world and another parentheses to end it. Okay. And then you hit run and you have written your very first line of Python code. Right. And as I like to remind people, if you write code, you are a coder. So if you can do this, you are now a coder. You have broken through that first barrier the most important one, which is going from being a non-coder to being a coder. And you may say, Sean, that's really nothing. That's just printing hello world. It, it says hello world when I'm finished. But then what you do is the next step. You change it from saying hello world to saying something else and you try it and maybe it doesn't work or maybe you get an error message or you, whatever. Google that, learn about it. What happened? What do I need to do differently? Maybe I hit the undo key until I get it working. Maybe I go Google, how do I print hello world in Python? But the important thing is that you take that step. Okay. So it's intimidating to take that step. But if you do it, and I just described it in a minute or two, you are now a coder. You've broken through to the other side. And then you write your next line of code and your next line of code and your next line of code. And it's just one step after another. And then once you've written five or six lines of code, you go teach a kid how to do that. Show them, like, here's what I did, right? Or get a whole classroom of kids to do it and have them everything go horribly wrong and figure out why did it break, right? That's the gateway to teaching computer science. And you just keep doing that. And you keep learning about it and you keep finding new ways to do it. That's all it takes to start from the technology side of this. Yeah. Well done. I, we think, we say it's like it's a, you know, that blank canvas and art, we're so scared to put that first pencil or that first piece of, you know, um, swatch of paint. It's like, it's scary. But once you do that print, hello world, it's on. Um, 
my advice on a teacher side is plan out how you would teach a lesson, right? You would ask that big question. What do I want to do? Um, what is it? What is that? that ask what what would be a cool thing that I could probably work towards and you design it sort of like my unit and you think about how much time do you want to give for that unit do I want to spend a week do I want to make it a year goal do I want to make it a semester goal what do I want to do at the end of that and you can work backwards with asking the questions like okay so I want to make a um a rock paper scissors game what do I need to do to make a rock, paper, scissors game? Well, I need to know the rules of rock, paper, scissors. Okay. I need to figure out what goes first. And I have to work back through all those questions. And as you're working back through um, those questions, you have now a searchable moment. And from that time, I would say get onto a PLN, PLN. And if you're not on Twitter, Get on Twitter and, well, Twitter's kind of dying, but Mastodon or Twitter. Um, a lot of Pythonistas, and that's what you call yourself when you code um, in Python or Pythonistas. A lot of them are on Mastodon and Twitter at the same time, kind of waiting for it to, um, we're not going to talk about that. Anyways, but so get yourself you a sort itself out, yeah. <laughs> sort itself out. Get yourself on PLN, PLN and, you know, hashtag Python, ask a question, because if you have ever had a loving tech coach by your side to help you make mistakes. That's what the other Python community members are for all of us in the, the world of Python. They are like the tech coach that you never want to leave your classroom. So they're the best friends. They answer questions all the time. And no matter how silly the question is, they will take the time to explain to you the answer or point you in the direction where you need to go. Do you have any hashtags that you uh, recommend? Hashtag Python, <laughs> Python <laughs> learning, Python code. Um, and occasionally I, you get pictures of actual snakes, which is also yeah. cool. So <laughs> that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> Um, or just look up Sean and I. I I'm an active. I'm taking actual. Um, I'm taking a tech boot camp for the first time. This is uh, an actual edu um, educational space with a bunch of cohorts, and we're learning data science right now. Never thought in a million years I would be um, working through 400 plus lines of code. <laughs> I mean, of CSVs trying to figure out why something is you know stock is happening, but I'm doing that. And I always have questions and I go into Twitter and I'm like, hey, Python family, how do, do I do this? Can you guide me in the right direction? And it works. And That's with awesome. like two minutes, <laughs> I have answers. You know, every time we do a show like this, it seems somewhere in, in the show and we just hit it. The answer to everything in the world is build your relationships, whether it be as between a coach and a teacher, between you as the student and a PLN of, of peers. It's always about building those relationships. And one of the relationships I know that you guys have built um, is your podcasting network. You've got a pretty awesome podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about it. You can go first, Sean. <laughs> you <laughs> well, explained so much better. <laughs> well, so if you 
picture yourself back in 2018. Kelly and I are new teachers to Python. Um, we're partnered together for the first time, and we're just trying to figure things out. We're asking questions, and we're sitting there in our classroom over lunch or over a break period talking through a lesson that we just did or some uh, concept in Python that we just figured out. And we're having these great conversations. And I think Kelly came to me and said, you know, we should be recording these, right? Like we should be sharing this with other people because, you know, it's really great that Kelly and I have each other to share these ideas with each other and bounce, you know, different approaches and different um, mindsets off of each other. But, you know, not everyone has that. So let's try making a podcast. Let's see what happens. So I think we grabbed my laptop and I opened up like the audio recorder or I downloaded Audacity and we just hit record with the speaker or the microphone on my MacBook and we recorded our first episode called Hello World. And, <laughs> and it was terrible. And you can still go back and listen to it. Like this is the same idea as like that starting to code. We had to just press the record button and see what happens. We sound so awkward. And there's so many like, ums I'm gonna and put it, I'm going to put it out there. I'm like, on Google? <laughs> yeah. It and, was scary. And it, and it was that courage just to take the first step, just to get out there and publish it and try it. And so then we published our second episode. And I think between the second and third episode, someone noticed that there was a new podcast about teaching Python in the world. Uh, and that was on the Python Bytes podcast, which is one of the most popular weekly kind of news and updates in this Python space. And they said, hey, there's a new Python podcast out there. Here's the link to it. And they put it in their show notes. And I think we went from, you know, 100 downloads per episode to 1,000 downloads per episode. Um, within i think a week or two it was pretty amazing how quickly it grew from there and then we kind of stayed there right like we've never really gotten much bigger or much smaller in terms of of downloads we've got a pretty loyal following they continue to listen to us and we, the best thing for me at least has been the opportunity to get better at our craft with kelly um, but then also to meet people and to have these great conversations with people that I don't think we would have gotten a conversation with otherwise if we didn't have a podcast. That is awesome. I love that story of just hitting the play button, just getting it together. Um, tell us where we can find out all the information about your show. Well, you can um, follow us at teachingpython.fm um, and then Sean can go through all the links I mean, that's about it. Find us there on our website, <laughs> teachingpython.fm. He's the one that spiels everything out. We're everywhere. Spotify, um, everywhere. Apple Podcasts, pretty much your any podcast player you can think of, we're on there. Um, we also have uh, a LinkedIn page now. Uh, Kelly's been working really hard to get more content there. So if you're on LinkedIn looking at your professional news, that you could see th some things from us. So those are the, the basic places to, to find us. We've always tried to do more with our blog and to have more content there. We've started live streaming more of our episodes. Uh, but really the, the heart and soul of everything is the podcast. And, and we publish about every one to two weeks roughly and some, sometimes slows down in the summer or during a holiday break or when we're just ridiculously busy but we just keep coming back to it yes. and i just want to throw out there um it's not all it's not all about 
code on our on our our podcast. I want to make sure that tech coaches understand that this is I'm, we're really passionate about cognitive um, learning and learning to learn. We've had Barbara Oakley on the show. If anyone knows about her, she's amazing. Will Richardson, um, we've had on the show. He's a he's a change agent. And then just so many great people that just talk about that passion of how to learn. So when you're getting started, as we all are at some point, we're always looking for things. We had already talked about your amazing podcast. We talked about different Twitter hashtags and stuff. Um, What are the websites out there that we should go to? Are there any suggestions for YouTube channels, anything like that? And we'll try to put some of these links and stuff in our show notes here over at episode 236. But where do you guys go to learn? Where do you go for inspiration? What's, what's always bookmarked for you? I'm going to put a plug in for our friends, uh, Bob and Julian, who have PyBytes at Code Challenges. Um, They worked with us. They're developers who we said to them, listen, this would be a great platform for for, um, kids if you write up NewbieBytes. And NewbieBytes, literally, um, you can take these NewbieBytes and start learning from you know the hello world and work through all 25 concepts that are your basic concepts in python and rumor has it that they're going to actually produce some pdf version of it and put it on teacher pay teacher kind of thing for not not a lot of money but to have it out there that's a rumor you didn't get it from me i'm just kidding (laughs) um real python um sean wants to talk about that i love real python as well that's a great place that one is paid for both of those are paid for but um they do offer some free content i think the 10 intro bytes on code challenges Mm -hmm. are free real python has a lot of their articles available for free their video topics tend to be more of their paid content um but I, i think in terms of just finding inspiration and finding how to do things it Real Python has always been a really high quality source for, of of learning and inspiration for us as we've gone through our journey of getting better at coding. And Python morsels are really nice too. That's um, I don't know the exact web address, but Python morsels are as a great learning from from basics to complex. And then of course I am a um, I am a course junkie, like Udacity, Udemy, all those that I take. Um, once you start getting on that course on those web pages, you can pick up uh, courses for nine ninety nine. They start trying to we, you know, pull you in. They're like, this course was five hundred dollars, but you can get it today for nine ninety nine. <laughs> and it literally, I can't even finish some of the courses because I get sucked into that nine ninety nine. And I could probably be a, a well paid developer right now if I just took the time to go through all these courses, but they're a great location. I'm going to add a couple of other um, channels or or types of media for people who learn differently uh, than through the web and through video. Uh, The book, uh, Automate the Boring Stuff, is really, really great for teachers. It's a book that teaches you how to code so that doesn't assume that you know anything about Python before you start. It teaches you how to code, and it teaches you how to code things that save you time. So the stuff that's really boring in your job, like I have to go through a spreadsheet and send a bunch of emails, or I have to maybe make a seating chart or something like that, you could automate that with code. And I've always found that to be really 
fascinating and engaging because it helps me make the boring parts of my job more interesting. And there's a whole book focused around that. I'd also like to put a plug in. I know it's a bit dated now. I think they run Python 3.6, which is pretty old now. But uh, Socratica on YouTube is a uh, has a whole course on Python. And I find it hilarious. And Kelly always rolls her eyes at me. I find it hilarious because the uh, the woman that they have that's teaching it is trying to do it as though she were an AI or a robot. So she's a professional actress doing this in a very robotic, but incredibly dry sense of humor all the way through. And I just find it amazing. So that's another one that I really like um, for just going through basic concepts. And it's pretty well segmented into different channels. And sorry, one more, one more for your tech coaches. Sorry, mm-hmm. I got so much stuff. If you haven't heard of the BBC Microbit, go to the BBC Microbit. Um, they have a brand new online editor that literally you don't even know need to know how to code because they've written it completely up for you. And that is mostly because in the UK, they're having the same problem as well as they want to have coding in the schools, but there are not enough coders out there to teach these lessons. So the BBC has worked really hard um, in putting all the kind concepts of um, Python in a l- nice, beautiful package that gets used with the BBC microbit. And you'll see all those things that you can do with the microbit. I'm sure people have seen it with um, block coding. And as we're going through this, I'm making sure to take all the links. They're in our show notes. Again, this is episode number 236. Sean Kelly, I'd love to have you guys come back on and do a part two of this because I've just got so many different questions. And, you know, again, we're going to do a 3D printer episode sometime soon, Sean. So please come on and we can talk all about that stuff. Um, We talked about your show. We talked about your website. Where do we find you on social media? Kelly, uh, how do we get in touch with you? I'm at Kelly Pared and always on LinkedIn. So I love posting on LinkedIn. It's like my journal. And I, I probably do LinkedIn for myself and not for anybody else. But that's where I saved all, save all my resources. And that's where I do a lot of reflection and um, about everything. Nice. Sean, how do we find you? Best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at SM Tiber uh, there. And I'll make sure we can pass on the link to my profile um i tend to be heads down coding a lot so just at mention me and it'll pop up and i'll i'll reply to you um but i am posting there infrequently but a lot of the stuff that i do is you know here's a bit of code that turned out kind of cool or here's some tech that i find interesting um and i also like to engage in a lot of conversations there so jump in and and start chatting i definitely recommend reaching out to sean and kelly but just know that if sean doesn't get back to you right away it's because he's fixing my 3d printer issues (laughs) (laughs) guys thank you so much for coming on and you know i want to say thank you guys out there for taking the moment to listen to this computer programming computer science python these are all important topics not just as an educator not just as a student but also as a coach to be able to know about these things help support your stuff if you have any questions about this please feel free to reach out to us you're always here to help and you can always join our instructional coaches network head on over to askthetechcoach.com scroll on down to the bottom and join over 1400 instructional coaches we are all here to help each other and we are here to support you guys so that wraps up episode number 236 of the ask the tech coach podcast hope you guys had a great time on behalf of kelly and sean and everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. 
You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.